Geordie chat with Coops and Tim. Games at home and away. Story stats and history links. About football in Australia. Welcome to the Kick to Kick podcast. We are backwards and coming forwards. Um, it is round 18 and I'm here with my fill-in Charlie today, Coach. Hello everybody, great to uh, be here, thanks for having me Tim. Thank you for stepping into the shoes that Charlie has left. Um, two weeks in a row now we've asked him to you know, test it if he's actually listening over in Europe. Right. Two weeks in a row he's failed. Well, that's Charlie. Yeah, we'll give him a little test as well today to see, you know, can he, can he spot something in the podcast, but he's, he's obviously not listening. Well, I was about to say big shoes to fill, but it sounds like he's uh, kicked off the shoes and just um, in yeah. the sand. Yeah, he, he was excited about the D's big win though, we'll get to that. Um, so we're here to talk about round 18 today. Um, first thing, Coach, is we have three players at the moment who have kicked goals in every single possible game this season, every round. Right. They are Charlie Curnow, Aaron Norton, and incredibly, Oscar Allen from the West Coast Eagles. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's kicked a goal in every single game. Well, that's one uh, bit of positive news for the Eagles. Not, yeah. m- not much else is going on with them. I mean, he must be a shoe-in for their uh, best and fairest. <laughs> well, you'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, if he's... very consistent. Yeah. Um, but let's go all the way back to Thursday night, that first game. So uh, we've got Sydney and the Western Bulldogs with the, the uh, Swannies getting up by two points. It was. It was actually a pretty good game in the end. Uh, John Longmire was coaching uh, his 300th game. And he's also now, I think it was his 500th overall. I think he must have played 200 games. Right, okay. Coached 300. So he's up to 700, 500 games in total. When he started, um, he was the... So of the group that have... Umpired and played 500 games. He was the third youngest. He started playing at the age of 17 and 114 days, behind only Robert Walls and Ron Barassi. Oh wow, that's good. Good stat. And now, at the time of playing his 500, playing coaching his 500th game, he's the third oldest behind John Kennedy Senior and Tom Hafey. Wow. So longevity for you there. Oh, absolutely. And um, what a great coach he has been over the years as well. Absolutely. Um, now, the Doggies kicked five goals, four in the first quarter. They were saying on the uh, radio it was their best quarter at the SCG since 2000. Right. Um, in 2000, they kicked six goals, 238. So, they, I mean, it's not better than that. So I don't know why they kept referring to that. Um, it was their best one, I think, since 2015 maybe, but it's a bit of an odd stat there they were shouting out. I think it was JB making up stats. Loves a stat, he JB. Does. Yep. Um, the Bont and Jack McRae play their 200th game together. I didn't realise Bond had played 200 already. What a... He's been around for a while. Yeah. He used to have long, long... He did too. Long hair. Yep. Um, and Tim English. I know he's your captain in fantasy. He's doing well. He's my boy, Tim English. Um, first Bulldogs player to ever have 60 hitouts in a game. Oh, wow. Since that stat was being taken. So, yeah, very impressive. He's a, he's becoming a really good ruckman. All-Australian? Uh, I would almost say he'd have to be All-Australian. He Not only is he a good ruckman, but he, he plays like a, like a smaller midfield yeah. as well. He's yep. all around the ground, great kick, contributes on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. A lot to like. He's getting better and better. Um, all right, let's move on to Friday. Who have we got on Friday? Oh, wow, what a game this was. It was, um, it was a cracker. Yeah, Melbourne and the Brisbane Lions. Uh, and obviously two teams that are going to be featuring in um, in the finals come yep. September. Um, and, I mean, I suppose for um, well both teams, just looking at the... I'm just looking at the worm here, and the um, and, and obviously having watched it on the Friday night, both very well matched uh, teams. And it, even though uh, Brisbane lost, it must still give them confidence being able to play and play so well on the MCG. I feel like that's a bit of a monkey on their back, though. They've only won one of their last 15 games, I think. There. Oh, okay then. 
Well, then. Yeah, yeah so it's a bit of a thing. I take back what I said. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you look at the worm there, you can see Melbourne had two streaks of uh, four goals in a row. Yes. The first four and the last four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yes, Jake Melksham keep kicking the winning goal. Yeah, they, um, he had a he had a good game. Yeah. Um, so another and it was another game where it was the second team to score a hundred points that won. Which generally it's the first the team that gets to a hundred first almost always wins. But yep. That's the eighth instance of that happening since round nineteen last year. There's been a lot of um, high scoring games this year. A lot of uh, a lot of games throughout the the rounds where a lot of the teams have actually kicked you know hundred plus points. Yeah. Um, now, also, there were 12 father-sons, or 12 players in this game whose dads also played an AFL-VFL game. Right. I've worked out 11 of them. There's one missing. So for the Lions, I've got Ashcroft, Danaher, Fletcher, Starsevich, and Lions. Yep. For the Demons, I've got Brayshaw, Spargo, Viney, Wowoden, who kicked a great goal, by the way, Lockie Hunter, and Jake Bowie. So there's someone among there I can't quite get. Cosy um, Pickett, his, his uncle... Yep. Played uh, also Ben Brown, his uncle was James Manson, who played for Collingwood. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there we go. And then we've got uh, Jack Gunston, whose dad Ray was a played in the VFA. Right. Okay. So if you know the ex that extra player who was a father son, oh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But no. And looking at the list, like I think I've got all the obvious ones. Anyway, let's get to your team then, Coach. Well, the Pies. Um, they're a good run, and obviously, um, I wouldn't have thought that Fremantle would have done too much damage. But as you and I were talking uh, earlier today, just about Collingwood, uh, interesting that like they still won by forty six points. But I just would have thought they would have gone on to to win by more. They mm. they almost seem to take the uh, the foot off the gas. But whether um, Frio started playing better, and I think they did, like as a, as the game went on, but. I don't know. No, still another another great win. Big, um, big comeback there early in the first quarter as well when they were trailing by a point. Well, absolutely, yes. <laughs> as they, every, as they every do. Every game except for one this year, you've been trailing by at least a point, and that was the Gold Coast game. Right. Okay. Yeah. So every game's technically been a comeback. But um, and that's that's a good thing. But the other good thing about the game um was the straight kicking, especially from a Collingwood point of view, eight eighteen five. That's um, yeah. that's quite rare. That's very good, isn't it? So You'd be very happy with that. And absolutely. Confident going forward. Yes. Do you feel this team, this Collingwood team, is a bit different from the ones of the past? They're not bogged down by the history that seems to. I think, yeah, it's hang a, around your neck like a lead weight at times. It's a it's a fresh looking team and fresh in terms of they just look like they're enjoying their footy, they're having fun, they're actually playing for you know, dare I say it, it's going to sound very eighties, but they're playing for their mates, they're playing for the jumper, and they're just happy to be there. Yeah, but they're not weighed down by the like that expectation that they have to win the whole thing. No. No, it's like they literally are just playing week by week and just enjoying it. Mm, so it'd annoying be, for the rest of us. Well, of course, <laughs> <laughs> if as as if people didn't already hate Collingwood, but um, but I'd almost say that it seems like they're actually more of a likable team. Yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, next game was all right. So we've got uh, the Gold Coast Suns and St Kilda. Gold Coast with a new coach. Yep, um, and a good twenty-six point win. Which often ha- happens, like the coach gets sacked. Yeah. And they had that, that, I think Charlie calls it the dead cat bounce. The next week, they it seemed to more often than not get up. I know, it's, it's, it's always a, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's like the players almost, uh, not revolt, but they... They're free. Know, they're, they're free. It's either that they're free or they are playing out of uh, frustration or, or who knows. Yeah. Um, so looking at Stuart Dew, after 121 games as coach, he's got the second least amount of wins right so he had 36 wins in his 121 games yep only Bill Stephen who coached Essendon and Fitzroy had less he had 32 
Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So the writing was on the wall then, you'd have to say. Yeah. I mean, he got fired after they played Collingwood and then Port Adelaide, who are one yeah. and two on the ladder. So it seems a bit harsh, but everything that Caroline Wilson had spoken about in the media came true. Yeah, I suppose. And, and if you look at his record and the wins and losses, well, I mean, you can't argue with that stat. And it's an unfortunate yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. We're pretty sure that uh, Damien Hardwick's going there. Well, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Well, uh, yeah, he maybe uh, maybe he'll take uh, Dusty's advice and not so much head to uh, Ibiza, but the Gold Coast <laughs> is pretty much uh, the Australian Ibiza, so good luck mm. to him. And the other thing, <laughs> Australian Ibiza. The other th- sad thing was St Kilda's Premiership player, Alan Morrow, passed away. He was the oldest of the uh, Premiership players from 1966. Oh. He was the one who had the ball when the siren actually rang. Oh, well, that's um, an interesting stat. He was the sixth Saints player to pass away. There's still six, there's still 14 Premiership players alive, though. Right. Okay, they, they, they're dropping off slowly, though. Yes. Well, hopefully... I'm not a huge St Kilda fan, but I wouldn't mind seeing the Saints over the next couple of years try and do some damage to try and just get off that... Uh, yes. Just the one Premiership. Will they ever, though? Yeah, so, yeah, so next uh, the next game that we've got, um, Carlton and, and Port Adelaide, and wowee... Um, 50-point win to Carlton, which is quite incredible because they have been quite up and down and obviously Port Adelaide second on the ladder. And riding a 13-game winning streak. Yeah. So, yeah, so that streak comes to an end. The Blues also have ended a few different streaks. In 1991, they ended West Coast's streak of 12 in a row. Uh, did the same to South Melbourne in 1935, who'd won 12 in a row. Now, I'm not too sure if you know this, but in 1991, I believe... West Coast, did they win the grand final they that year? They played against Hawthorne. Hawthorne at Waverley beat them. Oh, okay. So I wonder if uh, wonder if that's a bit of a, an omen too. I wonder if uh, Port will make the grand final but lose because uh, of their, <laughs> their losing uh, or their, they lost their winning streak. Potentially. First time in AFL history that Carlton have won four games in a row by over 50 points as well. Oh, wow. Which surprises me. Well, I yeah. in dominant time, maybe that would have happened against your lower, lower teams back then, but no. It is also win number 200 for Carlton in the 2000s. Well, that's a good... The last club to achieve that. Okay, they're not, not so good. Yeah, so Richmond... Sorry, the most recent team to do that was Melbourne in 2021. Brisbane, 2019. Richmond, 2019. So, I mean, when you look at Carlton's record over the last 23 years, it's been pretty poor. Yeah, it has. Yeah, so the worst performing team yeah. of those 16... Well, look, as a Collingwood supporter, and I'm sure you being an Essendon supporter, <laughs> geez, it's good to see, though. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, um, do we have to talk about this game? Oh, look, we can skim by it, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, the Geelong and Essendon game, I think a massive home ground advantage. Just watching it on TV, um, I mean, it forces you to play corridor footy because there are no wings. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the Cats just had an absolute night out. They jumped Essendon, they were shell-shocked and just couldn't recover. Yep, Essendon, and then Geelong's a bit of a team that has our measure and has for a long time. We've actually only beaten them five times since 2004. Oh, right, okay. So they've, they've had our measure for a long time, and we can't if we can't beat them consistently, we, we can't be a good football team. So until we learn to do that... Of course. ...then we won't be good. Um, a few things here, Mitch Duncan and Tom Hawkins, 250 games together. Okay, that's a good stat. Last time the Cats kicked more than 46 points in the first quarter was 2011 when they eventually kicked 37 goals 11, 233. Bombers yeah. haven't won at Cardinia since 1990. Right. Good sign for Collingwood supporters there. Actually, no, we didn't win, so that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and it was Zach Merritt's 200th game. 
And he's been a great player. Great player. Since 2005, Essendon have won just eight of 32 milestone games. Right. And when we're talking, you know, talking about players playing their 150th, 200, 250th. So we just are shocking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, when you look at those stats, yeah, it's hard to, hard to come back from that. Now, I think Collingwood, the last time, Collingwood have played Geelong more recently at Victoria Park than Cardinia Park. Yep. Do you think they should play down there? I think it would be a good test. I mean, it's a it's a wonderful stadium, and once the actual stadium is built, um, I mean, it's a, their regional team. Um, I think they've got as much right to play down there as, let's say, even Adelaide or Port Adelaide in Adelaide or yeah. wherever it might be. So, yeah, I, I would like to see more teams play down there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, they'd get a good crowd as well, obviously. But you'd have Eddie Maguire up in arms that you know when all these thousands of members are missing out on games. But yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, that's that's Eddie Maguire for you. Yeah. Yep. Just yeah. chasing the dollar. Yep. Yep. Um, and the other game on Thursday on Saturday night, which I actually turned over to because I couldn't watch the Essendon game. Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, uh, GWS uh, by fourteen points over Adelaide. Um, God, they were imp- the Giants are impressive. They're a good team. Adam Kingsley's he'd be up there with Coach of the Year at this stage. Yeah, like, they're a what good he's team. Done. And Toby Green is like over the or this year he's actually uh, and he's in my fantasy team um but as a as a 40 always scores well but he's always i suppose he's more of a mid forward um i think being captain for him he's actually seems to have pulled his head in yeah and he's playing some great footy well he hasn't been suspended since that incident with the umpire in that final series a few years ago all right so he's gone a whole season and a half without being suspended boring reporting yeah (laughs) um gws have won their last six of eight games against adelaide and the last four in a row so they've got a bit of the wood over adelaide and this is the fourth time the Crows have lost this season when leading at three-quarter time. Right, okay. So that's happened now twice against Collingwood and twice against GWS. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that, I mean, they're going to have to have a look at that, aren't they? If they uh, if they want to sort of move forward and become a, a better team. Yeah, there's these two teams who seem to have their measure. Yep. Now, I don't know who does the scheduling at the AFL, but yesterday's games, coach. Yeah. <sighs> um, I, to be honest, I... Was going to, uh, yeah, I'd rather watch uh, a bit of reality TV. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Than those games. And, yeah. I mean, look, um, Hawthorne supporters would be happy. 48-point uh, win over North Melbourne. I mean, nothing to really brag about. But um, What was their, uh, their kicking? Their kicking? Um, I don't. Let me just have a, have it a was, look. It was very inaccurate. They should have won by more. Well, yeah, 12 goals, 16. I mean, realistically, um, when you look at a, a team's score like that, I always like to try and flip it. So realistically, I think they should have been, what, 16 goals, 12 at a minimum. But you look at, I think the halftime score was at three goals, 13. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Bring back, bring back goal kicking at training. That's what I reckon. Which is what the Demons have done. Yeah, okay. Mark Williams has got them trained. That's why I think Jake Melksham was like spot on because yep. they've been focusing on that all like the last fortnight. Well, it's, I mean, it's how you win games, isn't it? You kick goals. Yep. So, yeah. Um, North Melbourne now, 15 losses in a row. They're riding this uh, losing streak of 15 in a row, and they've done this now three times in the last four seasons. Yeah, okay. One lost at least 14 in a row. Um, and here's a little omen for you as well, which you'll like. In all seasons when North Melbourne have recorded the final score of six goals, 440, Collingwood have won the flag. 1928 and 1958. And hopefully uh, 2023. We'll yeah. see how that pans out. <laughs> Can I just uh, make a quick note? Just there's two players, actually. And I think both North and um, Hawthorne should be happy with these guys. So Sheasel for um, North Melbourne. Yeah. He's actually, he's been really consistent. Yeah. Um, 
with his scoring and also for Hawthorne, Will Will Day. Yep. So I mean two little bright sparks there. Um so hopefully they can continue to, you know, over the years become great players. Yeah, and they probably will. Um so North on fifteen losses. Their equal fifth loss was fifth worst losing streak. But their worst is 35, so they're nowhere near their worst. Okay. Well, they're, they're aiming towards it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, yeah, on the Sunday, so West Coast and Richmond. Now, obviously, we all know that Richmond sort of, you know, slowly seems to be dwindling. West Coast, um, well, I mean, look, they, uh, they kicked 60 points this week. So, um, you know, eight goals, 12, not too bad. Yeah, they didn't lose by much. No. They're better, definitely better at home. Yeah. But, um, yeah, not really much to talk of there. No, we've, we've got Trent Cochin and Jack Rewatt playing game 289 together. Right. Equaling the record held by Francis Burke and Kevin Bartlett. Yep. Jack Rewalt kicked his 300th game. Sorry. Jack Rewalt had his 300th game kicking at least one goal. Right. That's, in, that's incredible. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jack Darling kicked his 500th goal as well. Jack Darling. I wonder if... Uh... <laughs> No, I wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't haunt Jack Darling, but because uh, they did win the the grand final, which is that could have yeah. yeah. But uh, he's been a great player over the years, and so is um yeah Revolt for for Richmond, just yeah. um just consistent. Yep. I'd have him in my team any day of the week. Yep, happily. Um, all right, so that brings us to the end of that. We do a thing called Coles Goals here, okay, which is something we discovered that was done in the I think the nineteen fifties or sixties. Coles used to hand out a, a weekly prize to the team that kicked the most goals, and there was a yearly prize as well. Um, so Geelong and Carlton are actually a joint winners of the Coles goals score this week. They both kicked 18-14, the highest score of the round. Um, and leading the charge for this season's Coles goals is the Brisbane Lions with 246. Wow, I didn't Geelong, realize they were that high. Yeah, Geelong is second with 242. Okay. And that ladder is looking pretty good from your point of view, Coach. We've got uh, the Pies a game clear on top again. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, that's exciting. And significant percentage. Um, let's forecast ahead a little bit. Okay. So looking at round 19. Yeah, so we've got uh, on Friday nights, um, Essendon and Western Bulldogs. A little bit of a rivalry there. A little bit. I believe they still play for the EJ Witten Cup. Ah, okay. Yep. yep. And hopefully they're playing for that. We've discovered that there's a lot of cups that teams play for that have been lost to the, the history. Right, okay. Yep. That's well, yeah, I mean, as I said, they have always seemed to have a bit of a rivalry, so... And EJ Witten, I mean, yeah, who wouldn't yeah. want to play for and, that, I mean, for that they're, cup? They're both very similar on the ladder at the moment. They're seventh and eighth, so playing for that one of those spots in the, the bottom bottom eight, yep. one of the eight. So it's a really, it's almost an eight point game, you might say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's interesting you were talking about um, forecasting and also uh, scheduling. I mean, the AFL may not have foreseen this, but gee, the Saturday afternoon games don't look that thrilling either, do they? So we've got Richmond Tigers mm. playing Hawthorne, and that's. Uh, Traditionally, they used to play for the Cole Austin Trophy. Right, okay. Um, he was a player who played for both Hawthorne and Richmond. Interestingly enough, he won the Brownlow Medal in 1949. There was a bit of turmoil between the club following that season, and Cole Austin sided with the outgoing coach, Alec Alberston, who was angry at what had happened, and they both left the club. So Cole Austin actually left as a Brownlow well, medalist go. and went to Richmond. So um, he played 51 games for them following his career at Hawthorne. Yeah, okay. Well, I wonder, um, Carlton, I wonder if they're going to come out all guns blazing um, after their win against the Dockers. Uh, another team from the West uh, in uh, West Coast. Who they, they thumped. They bit by 120 points last time. Right. Well, if uh, if you're at the Carlton Blues, you'd want to see them at least win by more than 120. And this will be five in a row. This is, this is I mean, luckily Carlton play Collingwood the week after. Yep. But they're going to have their tails up, mate. 
Oh, I think so. Yeah, that'll be a big game at the G. I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. And actually, a really good game, I reckon, is going to be uh, Saturday afternoon up at the Gabba. Um, Brisbane and Geelong, I think um, they've always matched up really well. And I think that might actually be quite a tight battle. Yeah, third versus fifth, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jack and Tom Hawkins will move to 527 combined games through a father and son, equal to Job and Tim Watson. Okay. The record they are chasing is 664 by Ken and Dustin Fletcher for father-son combination. That might be hard to beat, especially yeah. since Dusty played until he was 98 years old. Yeah, and Tom Hawkins is not far off retirement. Of course. Two or three, two seasons max, I think. Yeah, I think maximum, unless they can wrap him in cotton wool somehow. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not going to get another hundred and thirty games. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, uh, on the um, the Saturday evening, we've got our uh, Fremantle and Sydney playing at Optus Stadium over in the West. Just surely the loser of this will kind of be out of contention. I think well, so. Probably mathematically not, but you'd, you'd make it very, very hard. Yeah. Um, and look, moving on to probably the the blockbuster game, game of, of the round. The round yeah. um, Port Adelaide and Collingwood, first set versus second over at Adelaide. Now, historically, Collingwood have always travelled and played extremely well in Adelaide, whether it's been against Port or Adelaide, the Crows. Yeah. Um, I would find it really hard to tip this game. Um, You'd I, have to tip Collingwood. They'd be favourite, especially with all the outs that Port have had. If they can, yeah. if they bring them back and they were, they were rested instead of actually actually injured, then you never know. Yeah. But this might be a bit of psychology before the finals because I expect these two teams to meet in the finals. Oh, as well. so do I. And I think um, it's just going to be an absolute ripper of a game. So I'm actually really looking forward to watching that one. Yeah. Game 200 for Taylor Adams. Tay Tay, been yeah. a great player. Collingwood and GWS. Pendlebury playing game 375, equal ninth with Craig Bradley if we're just going AFL, VFL games. But yep. Craig Bradley actually holds the all time record for, if you're talking about the elite football competitions yep. in the country. So because he played for Port Adelaide for quite a while in the 80s as well. So he played 464 games wow. for the Sandful and for the AFL and the VFL. Absolute gun of a player too, yeah. Brattles. Yeah. So love love watching him dash up and down the wing. I didn't because he played for Carlton. Well, well yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the Sunday uh, up at Monaco, we've got uh, GWS and Gold Coast. I think GWS should get the, the job done pretty well will, up there. The Suns with this new bounce that they've got. Yeah. And now that Stewie Jew's gone, he's... Looked like he swallowed a footy pump, so maybe um, maybe the new the new coach will get him over the line again. But who knows? Yeah. Um, now getting to the MCG uh, and for Melbourne and Adelaide, I mean, look, going off there the back of their win, I mean, you'd have to think that uh, the, the D's will get the job done quite easily against Adelaide. This is yeah, but this might be the game we expect them to lose. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, stranger things have happened. And again, I think that might also, if Melbourne were to lose this, it might actually put a bit of doubt in their minds too. Yeah. That one's for you, Charlie Cooper. <laughs> and the last game, another great scheduling. Yeah, I think... Um, is, this, is this the Sunday afternoon death slot? At like yeah, 440 at Marvel Stadium. Oh. It's going to be cold and boring out there. And I mean, the hot jam donuts always seem to be colder out there anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's a bit of a reflection on the game. All right, well, that's uh, yeah, round 19 to look forward to. Not long left in the season. I think six rounds left. Getting to the business end. It is. Uh, now, Coach, we like to end this episode, each episode with a football song. Do you have a favourite football song? Uh, while you ponder that, um, I just want to say a few thank yous. Thank you to the useless AFL Stats um, 
podcast slash I guess Facebook page. I was a guest on their podcast last night, so hopefully that is available to download. And if you want to listen to me ramble on about football history with them, that's it's me doing that as well. I'll post a link in our in our socials. Um, and Charlie, if you are listening, can you tell me which player played 464 games across professional codes for Australian football? That's a great question. That's, that's your question, Charlie. Um, favorite oh, sorry, favorite footy song. Now I've actually got three. Okay, so obviously Collingwood, number yep. one. Yep. Um, actually, I've got four. I don't mean just team songs. I mean like you're up there, Kazalis and those sorts of things. Oh, as well. okay then. Oh, in that case, uh, number one would have to be Leaps and Bounce by Paul Kelly. All right. Yep. Um, in terms of footy song, that's probably my go-to. Okay, yep. we might we might play that to, to end the episode then. Sounds fantastic. Coach, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks to you for having me. It's been great to chat about the footy. Good. All right, well. Have a good afternoon, everyone. Cheers.
Thanks for listening to the Kick to Kick podcast present Backward in Coming Forward. You can find all our old episodes wherever you get your good podcasts. If you want to get in contact with us, our email address is kicktokickpodcast at gmail.com. On social media, we have Twitter at kicktokickpod or on Facebook. Or you can find us on Instagram at backwards and coming forward. For a full list of our resources and things we use to inform our show, head to kicktokickpodcast.com. You'll also find some interesting things in all our old episodes. Once again, thank you for listening.